We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Prize Picks coming at you Wednesday evening. It's February 7th, and we have a trade to get to. Uh, the Wolves acquired Monte Morris. I have to pull this Monte, not Monte. Uh, they acquired Monte Morris for Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and the Wolves' 2030 second round pick. The plan for today's show uh, is to get to know who Monte Morris is as a basketball player. Uh, to do that, we're bringing on Ryan Blackburn, who covers the Denver Nuggets for Mile High Sports. Uh, Ryan covered uh, Monte in Denver. Monte was there from 2017 to, to 2022. I just finished uh, re- recording that conversation, and and he was great. It's just really stole his backlog uh, of memory from, from having covered Morris there. It's just like 25 minutes of information dump into our ears, mine included. Uh, about just who Morris was in Denver. We really tried to uh, focus 2021-22 season when Morris started 74 games in place of the injured Jamal Murray that season. That was the year the Nuggets were the sixth seed, even though they didn't have Murray or Porter Jr. Uh, Morris was in the starting lineup the year Jokic won his first uh, MVP. So we're going to get into that. Uh, I, you know, I haven't been able to watch a, a lot of Morris recording this an hour or so after uh, the the news broke, but we're just trying to get to know uh, who Morris is as as a player. And Ryan does a, a great job of bringing that for us. What I want to do uh, first quickly is to just uh, sort of wrap up where this leaves the Wolves' assets and kind of where they sit from a roster construction standpoint. Again, as of Wednesday evening after the Morris trade. So quickly, uh, let's hit on the money of the deal. Nothing too crazy here. And probably most importantly, nothing long-term committed to Morris, right? Uh, To match the salaries in the trade, the Wolves sent out two expiring contracts of Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. Milton was on a one-year $5 million contract and Brown Jr. was on a one-year $4 million contract. So that's $9 million going out uh, to Detroit. And in return, uh, the Wolves take back Morris on a one-year $9 million contract, which means an extra 800k coming back uh, to the wolves, and this is really only relevant in that uh, the wolves are very close to the luxury tax line. 
before the trade. They were at 2.36 million in space below the tax. And now with that 800K, they're 1.56 million below the tax. Uh, we don't you know, expect the Wolves to make any moves that send them into the tax this season because we know they will be in the tax next season. And we know they want to delay those repeater tax penalties. So what does this mean? Well, it means the Wolves could still take back uh, more money in a subsequent trade, you know, tomorrow on, on deadline day, so long as it's less than $1.56 million coming back uh, in excess money in that deal. For example, the Wolves could trade Kyle Anderson uh, and his $9.2 million contract for Alec Burks's $10.5 million contract and still have, even though, you know, Burks is making $1.3 extra than Kyle, the Wolves would still be able to fit that in and have about you know, 250K of breathing room below the tax line, but probably more realistic than that random e example I, I pulled out uh, is it gives the Wolves a little bit of flexibility in the buyout market, or they still maintain the flexibility they had. If the Wolves are going to sign uh, a player on the buyout market, um, they're going to sign them for a prorated minimum contract. Um, you know, minimum contracts about 2 million bucks, half the season, um, the the cap hit on that would be about a million. So again, with 1.5, 1.6 million in space below the tax, they can still sign uh, a buyout guy uh, to round out the roster. They have an extra roster spot open now too. So I would assume they will be looking to do that. And they're not in a complicated tax situation where they need to make some sort of move to, to create space. All right. So that's the money, um, the pay. The Wolves trade their own 2030 second round pick for Morris in this deal, which means they still have three seconds left that they could trade uh, to, my, to correct myself. Uh, sorry, last week when we did the trade deadline preview, I said the Wolves only had three second round picks that they could trade. Again, that really nice Memphis second uh, in this upcoming draft, the 2024 draft. They have Utah's 2025 second. And then in 2026, they have the least favorable of Indiana, Miami, and San Antonio seconds. Which is, that one's a that's a not great second to have there. But what I forgot when we were doing the deadline preview before is that they can trade. I just didn't count correctly. They can trade a second all the way seven years out, which means they could trade their own 2030 pick. That's what they ended up putting in this deal. So long story short, the Wolves still have. You know, they entered the deadline with four seconds that they could trade. Um, which means they still have three left to work with after trading that 41. It doesn't mean they will trade those picks. I, I, there's there's real value in that 2024, this coming summer's Memphis second that they have. They could use that pick uh, themselves to draft a young player on a cheap second-round contract. They could also pair that pick, the that Memphis pick, which will be like 36, with their own uh, first-round pick, which will be like, I don't know, 27 uh, or something like that. Maybe that's a way to move up in the draft or maybe on draft night. Once you can trade that, that 2024 first, right? You can't trade it now, but you will be on draft night. It's a pretty decent asset package to be able to put out there, like the 27th pick and the 30th pick. Um, if they just want to go, you know, make a trade for some sort of veteran player, they don't need, what I'm trying to say is they don't have to spend all of these, these second round picks right now um, because, you know, their assets that they could trade later down the line or just use as as picks as well. But for purposes, the trade deadline, the Wolves do still have three second round picks to work with in their bag of, you know, tradable assets.
the last thing I want to hit on solo is Monte Morris's future. Um, because this kind of seemed like a rental, right? We know the Wolves have all this tax stuff. They're really tight going forward. But this doesn't necessarily have to be a, a rental for the Wolves. Again, they're facing that big tax crunch this summer. So giving anyone a new contract um, at the end of this season comes with a real significant luxury tax cost. And Morris is going to need a new contract after this season. Again, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. But you know, here's the thing. If, if the Wolves didn't trade for Morris, they would have had no way to sign Morris this summer. The Wolves aren't going to have cap space, right? So they can't go out and sign a free agent that way. They're going to be limited to mostly rounding out the roster um, with minimum contracts. And you likely wouldn't be able to sign Morris for a minimum. But now that they have Morris on the roster. They have what's called his bird rights. We've talked about those before. And that having some players' bird rights allows you to re-sign your own free agent, even if you don't have any cap space. So they could bring back Morris now using those bird rights and sign him to some sort of contract. Again, the literal cost of that would be steep. Um, it would rocket the Wolves even higher into the luxury tax next season, potentially making them uh, exceed the second apron, but I don't think we talk about this enough. Like what, what if Mike Conley doesn't resign with the wolves? I'm not saying that's likely at all. I, I, he's probably back. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he signs a contract extension in the next week or so, but in theory, Conley could leave. He is an unrestricted free agent. And I don't think we talk enough about that unlikely proposition because if Conley were to walk, you know, what's the plan at point guard? for the Wolves next season. Even if Con walks, the Wolves are still well above the luxury tax line, which means replacing him in free agency would pretty much need to be a minimum contract and running this team back next season, but replacing Mike Conley with a minimum contract point guard, I mean, that is a problem. Acquiring Morris, you know, affords you a backup plan or creates a backup plan for you. If Conley walks, then Morris could be brought back. And then, you know, starting point guard, you're not like ecstatic, maybe necessarily that Monte Morris is becomes your starting point guard. But compared to the alternative, which might be a minimum contract player or needing to trade for somebody else of of Morris's caliber, again with limited assets, I, it, there's there's a value in being able to 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 have Morris here now, and if you need to break glass in case of emergency re-sign him if, if Morris is gone. I think it's a good piece of sort of risk mitigation from the the Wolves uh, front office. All right, that's uh, the wrap on my notes uh, from a roster construction standpoint. On, on the Morris deal, again, we're going to now talk with Ryan Blackburn about who Morris is as a player, or at least who Morris was uh, in Denver two years ago when, when he played for Tim Connolly. A quick break, and we will bring Ryan in today. It's brought to you by Your Home Improvement Company. And again, we if you're considering it, you know, we we're talking to you about Your Home Improvement Company. And if you have a home renovation project uh, that you're considering, particularly if it's a bathroom or windows uh, project that you have coming up, uh, please do consider Your Home Improvement Company, a, a company that supports the show we'd love. Uh, to support them with generating them some business. In February, they have a deal of 30% off all bathroom renovation 
uh, projects. Uh, they do the bathroom installations uh, in a day. They are they are backed with with warranties, and um, it is no, no money down, no interest, nothing until 2025. And same goes for their Windows deal: buy two, get two uh, for February at your home improvement company. Again, if that's something uh, you're considering, please do uh, consider reaching out to your home improvement company for a consultation. That number is 844-270-7180, or you can go to yhic.com for, again, your home improvement company, where it's your home made better. And then today's show is also uh, brought to you by Prize Picks. And we've been we've been guests getting uh, our our one pick from everyone. We're gonna put a slate together. Uh, we're all taking the pet. We're together. We're taking the Patrick Mahomes free square on uh, 0.5 passing yards. We're gonna say more than that. Jace had Brock Purdy throwing more than 0.5 interceptions, so he says Purdy's gonna throw a pick in this game. Chris took Isaiah Pacheco for more than 67 and a half yards, and because everyone else's was more, 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 I decided I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go for a less than their number. And while I could see Debo Samuel uh, being very involved in this game, his receiving yards total is 58 and a half. So I'm going to say Debo Samuel has less than 58 and a half rushing or receiving yards uh, in, in the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. Again, we're uh, just letting you know about this. Again, a fun little thing you can do uh, when you're at your Super Bowl party or with your friends, you know, put, put five bucks down. What is it on this one? If, if this, if the Dane Jace uh, pick hits here, it, it, that one would pay uh, 10 to 1. So you put five bucks down, you win 50. Maybe we'll add Kyle in there for another one too and, and juice it up even more. But that's pricepicks.com or the Price Picks app and a $100 sign up bonus if you use the promo code Dane. Let's bring in Ryan. All right, we are now joined by Ryan Blackburn of Mile High Sports. And you're thinking, Dane, what are you doing having a, a Denver Nuggets right on? Well, let me tell you, Monte Morris played for the Denver Nuggets and had his best season of his, his career um, in the 21-22 season, stepping in for Jamal Murray. And Ryan, as we were just kind of talking about before we hit record, like my, my process always of a new player that the Wolves sign in free agency or a trade or whatever is we look at the numbers. Um, we can do that. And then you try to, you try and, you know, watch the most recent, a game or two or clips of, of those players. And we're in a unique situation uh, with Monte Morris, where he's only played six games uh, thus far this season, not a big role uh, on, on yeah. that Detroit team. So <laughs> the, the the question I think that I'm trying to answer, and I would assume many of the listeners are too, is what does this player look like? What is What does this player look like when they are a good or best version uh, of them of themselves? So I'm really curious to just uh, talk to you about um, your experience of covering Monte Morris, uh, the role he stepped into that season and, and what his, play look like but first of all hello how are you hi Ryan. hello uh, i'm doing well thanks for having me on as always I, I love the dane moore podcast it's a it's a classic in the feed that they always got to get to especially with how awesome the t-wolves have been this year which is great and now, now we're getting the hotel phone <laughs> i love it 
<laughs> that is so. It's funny. chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. I'm not. That's, my my intern here at the at the hotel in Milwaukee was acting up, and so I called down. Whatever. <laughs> you Can't know, I'm imagining. I'm imagining that's Tim. That's Tim Connolly. Yeah, he's he, my he hotel room. He couldn't and... record. He couldn't find the mobile, so he he found yeah. the hotel. Uh, so, no, so I I think uh, it's always an interesting time around the trade deadline and. We've got so many connections between the Nuggets and the T Wolves now, and like with Tim, and and now with Monte especially. Um, how I would describe Monte Morris is Mike Conley light, mm-hmm. which I think I everyone's think like. Oh, T Wolves fans oh, oh. are like, hell yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, Monte Morris doesn't make mistakes. Monte Morris is a true professional. Monte Morris is like he has a nickname on Basketball Reference called the Count of Monte assist to turnover, uh, which is uh, hilarious. He he has earned that nickname with the way that he's played. And his big claim to fame is that he can run your offense without making mistakes and put other people in a good place to succeed, which I think is something that the T-Wolves, especially on the bench, need desperately heading into a playoff run. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I went on Ryan's uh, NBA, broader NBA pod, uh, the, the Alley Oop, last week, and we were kind of talking about this and the idea for the Wolves of what to get on, on the trade market in terms of backup point guard or bucket getter or, or shooter. Those, Not that they can't still address those things. They still have some more assets. Sure. They have the buyout market, too. Um, backup point guard was not at the top of my personal list. Doesn't mean it wasn't a need. And given the type of players sort of available for seconds that are backup point guards, I'm really excited uh, about Monte Morris and who he, who I understand him to be as a player and to only come at the cost uh, of that of that one pick. So that is extremely encouraging, I think, for Wolves fans to hear Mike Conley light. That's what that's what they're looking for here. And I'm curious of how you would would describe that 21-22 season when he stepped in for Jamal Murray. And like you guys maybe think kind of coming into that, like what were your expectations of Monte Moore? Was it one of those guys where you're like, yeah, I, I actually think he's going to be fine in a in a starter role, which he obviously proved to be. Or are you kind of like, ah, eh, no, this is like a backup. They might need to address this. Yeah, so for a long time, Denver had prided itself on having a great point guard rotation with Jamal Murray as the starter and Monte Morris as the backup, one of the stronger units for for any team in a while. And Monte would always be able to come in off the bench and and do the things you'd ask him to do from a backup role, and then that probably won't change in, in Minnesota here. As a starter during that stretch of time, he was pretty solid. He basically scaled what he was doing as a backup and wedged his game in around what Nikola Jokic does really well around what Will Barton did really well, Aaron Gordon for that team. And Denver had to adapt on the fly because not only did they know going into it that they lost Jamal Murray, but nine games in, they lost Michael Porter Jr. as well. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of nights where Monte Morris was the second best player on the team. Mm -hmm. Like there were, and he was doing a great job of setting the table for Nikola Jokic, for Aaron Gordon, for anybody else that was in that starting lineup. And were there problems? Yeah, he's not the best, most physical defender, and that's probably not changed ever since his time in Denver. And he also 
probably isn't as aggressive of a scorer off the dribble as you would hope from a point guard in today's modern NBA. But the thing is, is that he can do it. Hmm. And having somebody who has the skill set and that is willing to take some of those, like even if it's just like a 16 foot jumper off of a pick and roll, like that is a skill set, especially in the playoffs that every team needs. Absolutely. I, I want to come loop back to the defensive thing at the end. Um, long story short, I think the Wolves are in a unique position to be able to absorb and play a below average defender as the numbers, as I was looking up before, grade uh, Monte out to be. I think the Wolves can, you know, can can handle that. But sure. the 21-22 season, he plays 75 games, starts 74 of them, averages points, three boards and 4.4 assists. Um, again, kind of running through the numbers there. That was 39.5% from three uh, on 314 attempts. That's really high volume. I actually looked it up. Anthony Edwards is 122 of 310 right now. 39.4%. Oh. I mean, it, yeah, there you go. volume, <laughs> obviously, because Ant's done it in 50 games. Uh, but and, and, and by the way there, the, the one number that I would point to is the one turnover per game yeah. that he averaged as a starting point guard, which is... It's, it's incredible, and the only way that the Nuggets were going to be able to survive that season was if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot, mm. and Monte will not do that. For any team that he is on, Monte is going to make good decisions. He's going to be a smart basketball player, and he's going to set up the stars to succeed in whichever lineups that he's in. He can fit around other situations. He can be spot, a spot-up guy. He can run the pick and roll. He can do some different things and kind of not necessarily a combo guard setup, but if you want to have Anthony Edwards run pick and roll, sure, Monte can stand to the corner or stand on the wing and be a secondary creator if need to. There's no doubt about that. So I, I think this is a really good move, man. I, I think you guys are going to love him. Real, like, confident knockdown, confidence in the competence of his knockdown catch-and-shoot ability. I mean, that year was 39%, but if you look at the years before and afterwards, he's right around that that 39% number. I mean, almost exactly 39%. Uh, every year of his career, um, the the volume is kind of, again, for Wolves listeners, it was five threes per 36 minutes. You can kind of picture that somewhere between Jaden McDaniels and Nikhil Alexander-Walker volume. Jaden's about four per 36. Nikhil is about six. So that's not high volume, but that's definitely a guy um, that's going to take them. And then, yeah, the the turnover rate is the the glimmering stat in that in that 21-22 season. Again, when he was in a starter's role, he led the league, as in he had the lowest turnover rate um, amongst all point guards, according to Cleaning the Glass. Mike Conley, right there below him, he was he was fifth uh, on on that board. It does sound a lot like it sounds a lot like discount uh, Mike Conley. I don't mean that in a negative way, but no, that's but that's how it is. It's also a we've we've also kind of used the approximate of Tyus Jones. As as another sort of Monte Morris uh, comparison, and obviously you guys are very familiar with Tyus. He's had some good moments at, with Minnesota, with Memphis, and with other teams as well. So, mm -hmm. no, it's there's there is a market for that for a smaller point guard who can at least get you into sets into the playoffs. Uh, the the offense is not going to be a problem with him out there as long as long as he fits in and and understands what the team wants to do. Okay. If he can kind of take on what the, what Mike Conley has done. Uh, in sort of shaping what's supposed to happen out there, then I, I don't see like like this is this is a match made in heaven for a bench point guard situation. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
Today's show is brought to you by Doer, D-U-E-R, and you've heard me telling you about my Doer jeans that I have, but Doer just also sent me a pair of their no-sweat pants, and I'm just a big fan of a pair of pants that looks good. You know, it looks like a dress pant. It looks formal that you can wear out there, but it doesn't feel like that. It's got that stretch to it. It's got that comfort to it. And these no sweat pants that they gave me and like a, it's a relaxed taper ones I got in black. I can wear them with everything. And I just really like that feeling. And I think Dewar has, has sort of nailed that, the look with the comfort. They make stretch performance denim and lifestyle apparel for men and women with elevated styles that stand apart. And they're made from natural fibers for that high stretch and breathability. I really think, you know, if you're looking for some new pants, some winter pants, you know, consider these. Trust me, you need Doer in your wardrobe. Order your new favorite jeans or pants today. Check out Doer's flagship stores in LA or Denver or shop online at shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use my special URL, shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. Don't wait to get 15% off. Go now to shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third-party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate, and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there and just snag tickets without stress with the game time app, download the game time app, create an account and use code Dane more for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and use the code Dane more all one word for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Assist numbers were bad that season. Is that just a playing with Jokic thing? Like only somebody? In terms of the 2021-22 season? Yeah. Just had, he, had low assist numbers for a point guard. I just marked down. I'm like, I don't know. Is that, that yeah. Kind of so like one of one of the things that Denver has always kind of struggled with is they will like set the ball up to Jokic and then they will run some of their offense as well. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't see him as like this. Like he's not Chris Paul out there in terms of finding the right pass like off the dribble every single time. He is a little bit. Like he's not a great athlete. He is not somebody who's going to use like a bunch of quickness and a bunch of physicality in order to get to the spots to create some of those open opportunities for teammates. They're going to have to be within a system. They're going to have to be within a read for sure. Uh, But I do think that like he is a good passer. He has always been a good passer. He's an accurate passer, but he also doesn't take a ton of chances, Mm. which is why some of those other assist numbers will probably be a little bit down. And that's very... As Wolves fans remember, that was that was the Tyus Jones thing in in Minnesota. We would always, not always, but you you would kind of like, okay, your assist to turnover ratio is so low or so high in a good way because Tyus would not do risky passes, and if he would like get downhill, he would just shoot a floater rather than you know make a top pass or kick out pass or something like that. And he was very good at those floaters because they were kind of like bailouts. Uh, at that point, obviously, Tyus, Tyus got a lot better at that. But that, that's I think that's a good probably, again, for Minnesota fans who have seen a lot more of Tyus than they than they have Monte Morris, that archetype um, of it also of just guard. kind of like it. De- it divides what a starter versus a backup is in this league, in my opinion, okay. where a, a starter will be willing to take more of those chances. They will be mm-hmm. a little bit more like aggressive in some of those situations. I would never describe Monte Morris as an, an aggressive player. He's going to be a guy who finds the right pace at the right time and is going to go no more or no less than, than that particular pace. And that's going to be good for a team like Minnesota that has all these other guys that can create. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you're you're not going to want them to to carry a bunch of the scoring or anything, but mm-hmm. part of the reason, like he he is a traditional point guard in a world where the traditional point guard has mostly gone to die. So it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. But because Mike Conley's already on the roster, like I don't no, see they, they need that. They are they 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 want that. You know, it's the it is the unique team that is is craving the mm. the the old school point guard at, at least for now and how. This team is currently coached and, and constructed. They they need more of that. They don't they don't need the the point guard position to be a high usage. I you know you you got Anthony Edwards, you got Carl Anthony Towns, you, you've got Nas Reed off the bench. You have well, this hasn't been a great off game. You don't necessarily need the point guard position to be where you're juicing that offense in any way other than don't mess it up, right? Don't be the don't be the turnover guy. Don't be the bad decision guy. And if nothing else, it sounds like that's for sure something uh, they're getting in Monte Morris again. And I'm clearly just doing the thing where I looked at the numbers and I'm asking you questions. Oh, sure. But um, surprise me how good his numbers were, both from the mid range and at the rim. 
not and again, not only just in Denver, also in Washington uh, a year ago there too. I guess I mean I obviously I, I watched Denver play then, and I I can picture Monte Morris coming in for taking a mid-range jumper type point guard, like he's going to get into the middle of the floor there. There's nothing there. Take it. But, you know, close to 50% from mid-range, short, long, whatever, kind of 48 to 50% there. That's a really good number. And then at the rim was like 68 to 70% in, in the last few years, which is elite for a point guard. Um, he's he's fundamentally sound. He's, okay. he's very fundamentally sound and very crafty around the rim where he yeah. he's got a variety of different finishes. You, you mentioned the floater that Tyus Jones has. Monte has, has always had a very good floater as well. I, I wouldn't expect him to go to it a ton. I think he's more of a kind of a pull up to kind of shooter instead. Sure. Um, but there, there is certainly a market for that. And I think one, one of the things that that does is it will pair well with Nas Reed. It will pair yeah. well with somebody who can pick and pop somebody who like is athletic enough to, also be a pick and roll guy. And, and as long as there's enough space to operate and to do that, Monte will be able to operate within that space and he'll set up the guys really, really well. That's a, that is a really, really important skill set that, that he will bring to the table and uh, the finishing, like he teams will dare him to, to beat them. And he hasn't been in a situation these last couple of years where it's really shined through and that he, he has to do that. Sure. Uh, obviously he's been injured for, for much of this year with Detroit, but I, I I firmly believe in him, man. Like I think that he is a he's a player that Nuggets fans would love to have back if if it means anything. Did he have a? You said the Nas Reed thing. Did he have like a a guy like that off the bench with him, like his you know second unit part? I mean, I know obviously he started that that Jokic year, but is there a sometimes so, I think about that? Is there a specific type of player that a point guard accentuates most? I mean, and you you. Well, the one that Nas Reed, but yeah, the the one that really that really paired well with him for a long time was Mason Plumley, and and that's where when Monte came into the league, he be he became his he was a G League guy initially, only played three games his first year, then he played every game for the next couple of seasons next to Mason Plumley, and those guys would set the table for each other. Mason Plumley, think of like the the C tier version of what Jokic was doing at that time, and. Uh, a little bit of somebody making big kind of too. Yeah, yeah, but somebody who could who could create off the dribble for himself and others a little bit. Uh, somebody who was who was passing out of the post, out of the out of the elbow, things like that. And and they'd run DHO, and he would get downhill, and he'd throw lobs to Mason, who would reverse dunk it all the time. Hmm. And there there are a lot of moments where like Monte loves to be able to get to those points, but he's also a pretty safe finisher. So if Nas is open he'll hit him like whether it's on the perimeter or mm-hmm. um or rolling to the rim for for a massive jam which i i know Nas does plenty or rudy um, too i mean I'm, or, or rudy yeah no that'll be like i know that the the like the T-Wolves love to stagger their guys in a lot of different combinations and mm-hmm. like i i can see him working well and finding pick and pops with towns i can see him lobbing over the top to rudy and i can see him kind of playing the in between game with Nas like both of those like all all three of those guys like he, there's no, there's no pick and roll pass or DHO pass that he doesn't really have in his bag, if that makes sense. Ryan, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> this is going to be so helpful for, or helpful for myself, and I would assume for for listeners as well. Um, let, let's talk about the defense uh, a little bit. What, um, what does he lack defensively outside of size? Yeah, the size is always going to be a big thing, and that's that's something that will be very prevalent in a playoff matchup for sure. 
Um, athleticism is where he's probably lacking the most, the length and athleticism components where usually in those situations, you'll be able to make up for a lack of size with, Hey, you, you get your hands on, on in balls and passing lanes. You'll be able to uh, pick somebody's pocket. He doesn't really do as much of that. His steal rates and, and block, like no, mm-hmm. certainly no block rate, but his steal rates are definitely not like awesome. And especially as he's gotten later into his career, I wonder if being in a situation, a very competitive situation, yeah. that he would be a little bit more engaged on that end. He can run a scheme, and there's no doubt about that, that if you've got a, a – and the Minnesota's got the best rim-protecting mm-hmm. uh, like scene in the league right now, so there's there's plenty that they can that they can throw out there. But they play up in coverage sometimes too. I mean, it was mm-hmm. – the Wolves largely mirrored that Denver system of putting Jokic up, up in coverage – I mean, but the year before they had Gobert, that was Towns all the time. And if you looked at the Wolves' defense, and that was the 21-22 season, if you said there's one that's most similar to the Wolves, it's what Denver was doing with Monte Morris. That's not their foundation defense um, with Rudy, because obviously you're going to be a drop team. But they do send Nas, send Cat up in coverage all the time. And, you know, that's a... It helps as the guard, the point of attack guy, to have experience playing in that sort of coverage because it's different than locking and trail, you know, to to, to following for the rearview contest and and all those sort of things. So I think that just thinking out loud, that's probably a val- valuable thing as I could picture him playing in second units often where, you know, it's Cat or Nas as the pick and roll coverage big where they might adjust coverages accordingly there. And then Rudy sometimes too, you know, you're playing Luka Doncic or somebody like that um, also need to be up and up in coverage there too. So I guess even if he's not physically a gifted defender or doesn't have good, and let's, these aren't like he's, these aren't like the bones Highland numbers, which also you could yeah be, oh, in yeah. terms no, of defense. This is, this is it's a little he's a clear, clear step yeah. up from that, but still the, just the, like the defensive uh, estimated plus minus is below average. Uh, what what I will say is that you can obviously win a championship with him as your worst defensive player in your rotation. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no doubt in my mind that you can do that. And with the the personnel that Minnesota has to kind of bolster that, one of the things that Denver didn't have in that 2021-22 season around him was great defensive personnel, where a lot of times they're relying on Austin Rivers off the bench or yeah. Aaron Gordon guarding point guards. And that's one thing is that they you you probably won't find Monte Morris guarding the lead ball handler for the opposing team all that often. The great news in Minnesota is you've got plenty of guys who can do that. Right. <laughs> you've got Jada McDaniels who specializes at that. And you've got Anthony Edwards, obviously, who if he's tasked yeah. with it, he can certainly do that and, and gnaw as well. So there's yeah. there are plenty of rotations and mixing and matching of defensive personnel that he could fit in perfectly fine with. And he's also going to like, if there is an available steal, he will go get it. He will mm-hmm. start, like, this is not going to be a situation where he's not willing to do the things. He's a competitor. He wants to be a good, helpful defensive player. There's just certain physical limitations. Yep. That, 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 that makes sense. That's what I would have kind of guessed there. And I mean, I've just been thinking about that uh, a lot recently, honestly, more so through the, bones or that type of player lens for this team it really is a market inefficiency that the wolves can capitalize on in being able to whether it's at you know the deadline tomorrow or even into next offseason they're the team that probably can absorb a close to zero defender you know particularly if it's off the bench 
And, and you just kind of like think about that again, through the lens of to some team getting awesome offensive player, bad defensive player, that's a different price point for them because they have to factor that in completely different. And, and I think, you know, for the, for the wolves with Morris here, kind of, but even bigger picture going forward, like, I think they're going to be able to buy those players or maybe it's even signing them whenever I've got a lot of money going forward, but you know, they, they, they yeah. will be signing also, down the, the line. Buyout. The buyout yeah. is also an option there for sure. for sure. And like, I'm sure that that's, that's certainly come up in your conversations for yeah, sure. Like uh, McDermott, like I, we've talked about McDermott, you know, as a potential buyout candidate. And it's like, okay, awesome. This is the movement shooter, but it's a, you know, he's going to really cost you defensively. I don't think, I'm that concerned about it, particularly when I hear from someone that it's it's not an effort issue. It's not a thinking issue. It's a physical limitation issue. And it I think with Monte Morris, it, it seems to be that. And a lot of those other like Doug McDermott type offensive players um, lack there. You want you want the defensive poor players to be able to know what they're doing, even if they, they can't physically execute it and i don't think morris is even all the all the way down there but i'm just i don't have a, a real big concern particularly when it's you know coming up up against the second unit like yeah if you had to close a game if you chose to close a game with monte morris because maybe all of a sudden you love the mike conley monte morris double point guard look well then we know what it's going to look like they're going to attack sure. that yeah and be like bit. they attack cat last night you know like that's what teams are going to do particularly in the did that happen? Did that did, did Monte do you feel like Monte got attacked defensively in the yeah. playoffs that year? Um I, I think there are certain matchups where it becomes a little bit more prevalent. I think a Phoenix series is one where Devin Booker and and maybe even Bradley Beal would probably go at that pretty strongly. Mm-hmm. Uh just guard, guards that feel like they can get to a spot and pull up over him will probably be an issue. Um the good news is that there aren't, I mean, there are a lot of guards, obviously, but if you're working so hard to try to get that mismatch every single time, then it actually takes you out of your offense. It's something that like teams like Phoenix have found out for sure. So what I will say is that like later into a playoff series, you get these marginal guys that are like, that have these more weaknesses and later into a playoffs, it kind of like closes up where some of those guys aren't going to be able to play. Like, I don't know how much Monte Morris is going to be able to play in a conference finals or a Mm -hmm. finals. Yeah. Um, But that is also a great problem to have (laughs) for your ninth or 10th man. Yeah, no, it, it, exactly. I think that's, he needs to be passable for a backup role. That that's what, that's what the role is here. And and honestly, I'm not even sure how big this role is going to be. Like Jordan McLaughlin has been backup point guard now and he gets kind of like two, five minutes. And sometimes doesn't even get the, the one in the second half. So, I mean, bigger picture. And I need to think about this more. Like I'm, I'm just curious how much they're going to play Monte Morris and whose minutes. In addition, we know he's going to replace the McLaughlin minutes, but I think if he is healthy, able to to do these things, you're going to want to expand that out to the same size role or similar size role to Nikhil Alexander Walker or Nas Reed, and we'll have to see if that means Kyle Anderson maybe falls out of the rotation or or what it can be. He can at least Kyle Anderson plays some point guard every night. And I think we can at least get rid of those minutes. Give him all the, the J Mac backup point guard minutes. That Not that it's a big pile. Give him that. Give him the Kyle Anderson backup point guard minutes. I think we got 
15 minutes a night there. And then if he earns something more, it probably comes at the, the cost of Kyle Anderson minutes. Ryan, this was, again, really awesome, uh, really helpful for me, saved me some time. Of I course, am going to still go watch a little bit of uh, Morris in, in Denver from that year uh, later this evening. But seriously, thank you so much, everyone. Of course. Follow Ryan. What what you're, Are you Blackburn NBA on Twitter? Is that what uh, It's at NBA Blackburn. At um, NBA Blackburn. We all we all throw the NBAs in our... <laughs> yeah, you know what? I just thought, you know what? I'm covering the NBA, so here we go. That's perfectly yeah. fine. Yes. Also, also, Ryan Blackburn was taken by some bot from like <laughs> 2009 that had never like yeah. tweeted once back in 2009 and then, then never relinquished it. So I could never get my full name. Well, NBA Blackburn's cool, man. And you are doing the alley-oop, which is... Uh, well, will you just tell people about what the alley-oop is? I am the Timberwolves contributor yes, uh, on, on the alley-oop, but, <laughs> but you're covering all 30 teams with that. Yeah, so the, the premise of it was to cover all NBA teams equitably and for a smaller or mid-market team li- like a Minnesota, where you often have to listen to Lakers coverage and Warriors coverage and Celtics coverage all the time. Um, it's nice to be known that that your team is going to get a fair shake. So mm-hmm. I was very glad to get Dane onto the podcast for the Timberwolf side of things. And, and she just tried to get a whole bunch of beat writers and analysts from all these other teams to share their excellent insights on the NBA. So it's uh, it's the alley-oop with Ryan Blackburn, wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube. And then Ryan also covers the the Denver Nuggets uh, for, for his full-time job. That's as... As we, you were saying at the beginning, we have a lot of, uh, I don't know, Minnesota-Denver incest here yeah, over, over, the, uh, <laughs> over the years. And, you know, Monte Morris being the the, the most recent. So, uh, Brian, just, Ryan does I'm, great. I'm waiting for you guys to go get bones, too. Like, that's hey, we'll, man, we'll I, see. I would <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out. It's like 6 p.m. Uh, here, Central Time on today, Wednesday. Yeah, today's Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, deadline tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. No, I mean, I... I saw I saw Tim. It was where they played the Clippers. You mm-hmm. know, Tim's not normally there like before the game during for warm-ups, but he was there and he was sitting with Bones. He was sitting with Plumley and oh. some people like, oh, Tim Conley sitting by Bones Island. And like also gotta remember they're just like they're former co-workers. Like they, yeah. you know, that yeah. might be a yeah. reason uh to to be uh, I don't know, a meeting of the minds. But we'll see. Maybe Bones Island. And if Bones Island comes through. I don't know if I'll get you on the pod, but I'm sure I'll call you or text you to uh, ask you ask you more questions. This again uh, was great, Owen uh, Ryan on Twitter at NBA Blackburn and uh, listening to his NBA pod, uh, the alley with Ryan Brack Blackburn, and then the Nuggets podcast is Pickaxe and Roll. Correct? Yep, that's that's the one. Awesome. Um, thanks to Ryan. Uh, I will. Yes, next episode. Now, as I said. Episode will be on Friday after the deadline, but uh, we got that we squeezed this one in here. We're gonna have uh, the the Wolves playing the Bucks tomorrow night. Um, if some other trade goes down, we will record that on Friday uh, after the game as well. Britt and I will talk both about the Bucks game and and we'll get Britt's take on this Monte Morris deal as well. Uh, until then, he's Ryan. I'm Dane. Peace out.